You are now tuned into The Tribe, where we share our passion in reviewing music and give you opinions you didn't ask for. I'm Denzel with my co-host Dylan Marone. Make sure to follow the tempo of our show today. Another episode, season two, episode five. I'm Dylan. I'm Denzel. This man's already tripping balls. Yo. But, but anyways, my, I'm Denzel, and I'm here with my co-host. <laughs> What's up, Dylan? <laughs> Dylan, aka DJ. Hey, as Marone, aka the other co-host. What's up? Hey, sorry about that, guys. You know, this episode has been riddled with a bunch of demonic energy. I don't know what's going on, technical issues. Things are running all over the all over the place. But anyways, I wanted to talk about today's episode. Before I do, I just want to say we are not promoting the, the use of drugs. This episode is going to be talking about the origins of psychedelic hip-hop and rap. And before we talk about that, we got to talk about the use of the drugs. But before... We get into that. I want to talk about some things that have been going on in this world, this fucked up world that we live in. First of all, we got to talk about these gas prices. It's that petrol, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. Denzel, how much time you got, man? How long do you want to talk about this? Not, <laughs> for real. Not, not too long, but sure, you got to have... break it down for the kids. I have notes. So uh, okay, it all started in two. Th- all right. <laughs> I was going to I was going to say, man, like, I think in your notes, you described like Ru- the Russia ban on uh, imports and stuff like that for mm-hmm. energy has been like a part of it. But we only get like four to eight percent. From Russia, it was actually because, I mean, New York having you know, it's like in 2019 we had like a record high production in oil rigs, and then once the pandemic hit, what do you call it? Demand went down, so cost was going down, and they just stopped producing, and now it's going to take a while to reproduce. Also, a whole bunch of corporations, oil corporations, have made so much money. I mean, they lost so much money during the pandemic that now, if you try to up production and like lower prices, they're not going to get their money back. So they're telling people to keep that price high so they can make back on their investments. So it's a lot of crooked shit, man. It's not just like that. And plus, we have to deal with Saudi and Venezuela and other countries that can give us oil. But we got to deal with them because for many other different reasons. And they're dictators in their own right. But yeah, it's it's complicated, bro, for sure. It's a bad timing. Part of it is the spike in inflation as well. And I mean, and it's not just gas. There's also groceries and other stuff, too. But uh, but yeah, gas has also been hit with that. And then uh, Russia. Even though that's also like a small part of it, it's still it's it's still part of it. So it affects war, everybody, right? Yeah, not just the U.S. It affects like everyone, a lot of other countries in the world. So right, right. And Marone, you mentioned to me that uh, Russia was about four, four represents about four to eight percent of the supply of the supplyment for the U.S. What would be considered the highest? Do you know? So, yeah, it was split between like Canada, Mexico, Saudi uh and venezuela right yeah so those are the yeah saudi in russia russia's a little bit but it's mainly mexico canada and saudi mexico and canada makes the most sense because they're right next to us so it's easier to to get that going so those are our main suppliers but we're okay, trying okay. to get saudi to be nice but at the same time people say they don't want to get russian oil because of humanitarian crises and then they completely <laughs> ignore what saudi's doing to yemen and how they murdered u.s citizens as well but yeah you know, yeah whatever it's all about money. So I think something that I read somewhere is that Texas prices could go as high as five dollars a gallon. Five dollars a gallon for a price of gas regular. Mm-hmm. We're, we're seeing these California prices. I'm telling you, Bill. Look, if if our country just focused on trains and public transportation <laughs> instead of these cars 
throughout history, we would not be in this predicament right now. I mean, we we would, but like you know, the it wouldn't affect our bottom line as much. So I'm just, but I'm I'm gonna stop talking about it because it's just not, ridiculous. No, you're right, bro. Like if we had focused on alternative fuels the past 50, 40, 30, 20 years, like well, what a different <laughs> world we'd be living in, man. Mm-hmm. And then you're totally right, man. Hopefully, hopefully this is a wake up call. A lot of people are calling for like, yo, this is the time to like cut off of oil and start investing in alternative fuels and like projections have already shown that even if we're doing what we're doing eventually within 20 years 30 years like we're gonna see oil become less and less useful so well, man can help right man yeah. or woman can help right but enough about gas i mean we need to talk about this this so you know since the events of the asteroid that's previously occurred last year we have Travis Scott, who's finally announced that project he mentioned with that in, in, in the interview with the, with Charlemagne in regards to uh, the HEAL project. That's what he's calling it, the HEAL project. And that project's that $5 million project that focuses upon the mental health and education of the youth. Specifically, I think he was focusing more on the uh, persons of color community, but it's for generally for younger people for uh, like artistic freedom and other, and the ability to get scholarships and other opportunities. Do you got, what do you guys think about this? Like, do you think this is sort of like a PR stunt? Do you think that he's actually trying to make a difference and change? There's no way that the events at Astro World didn't have an effect on Travis Scott in some way. And even though in his previous like sets, like festival sets, maybe he didn't have the highest regard for safety for his fans. Uh, I don't think there's any human being that wouldn't be affected by what happened. So uh, with this heel project, I saw the post that he had put on Insta. I would say even if it is a PR stunt, I still think it's good on him to at least do something to uh, help, you know, uh, lower SES communities and uh, underserved communities. So uh, even if it is a PR stunt, I still think it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree with Dylan, man. That's a really good mentality to have even because, like, I, I always I like I criticized, I think, a couple of years ago, whenever LeBron James came out and supported China, like just for the humanitarian crisis that they're doing. And he was just like not trying to mess up his money. You guys brought up a good point that at least he's helping his community in some way as well. Like he's giving back. So it's not everyone's not one dimensional, like cartoonish villains. So Travis Scott definitely made a lot of errors when it came to his, managing his his crowds. He has a history of doing that. But anything that's positive in his community, for sure. Like, we'll we'll take that. Right, right. I think the only caveat that whenever it comes to this conversation is it, it just kind of sucked that it took such a major tragedy to occur for something like this to actually finally get started. The biggest thing I'm excited about is this whole thing with the large scale live events, you know, that he's working with stakeholders. I'll, and here's the thing, though, about this tech driven device they're talking about. I don't know how long it would take. That's the thing that worries me is like, you know, when you're when he's talking about talking to stakeholders and U.S. conference and all that, I'm thinking to myself, how long will that actually take to actually you know, implement such such a such a powerful thing because that's not going to be cheap to do. You know, for first of all, and it's going to take a lot of resources to be able to create such a, a device for large scale events to prevent things like that from ever happening again. Yeah, Live Nation doesn't have it. Doesn't get enough blame for that. Like they really should be shamed, and they're they're in charge of so many yep. concert and events. Like, <laughs> and I said I, I I said it to y'all uh, whenever it happened that yes, Travis Scott is to blame, but you also have to look at the event planners, Live Nation, you have to think about they're the ones that handle security. They're the ones that handle uh, the personnel that plan out the event. So, like, yes, Travis Scott could 
regulate, but it's up to the event planners to tell him. But yeah, that's that's a different story. Yeah, yeah, that is a different story. But speaking of different stories, thank you for that, Dylan. I wanted to move over to um, our last the week the, the events that happened about two weeks ago. So our manager had a had a birthday party. Uh, we just happened to all me and Dylan happened to be in Miami, and I just wanted to talk about the experience. Uh, Dylan, how was your experience in Miami? Uh, being out in the famous club space that we've always been raving about. The 305, man. So many beautiful women. So many beautiful women. Every corner you turn. <laughs> All right. I was in heaven, man. I was. But uh, in terms of the party experience, that city does not sleep, man. Everyone parties to like fucking 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. <laughs> like even on a Sunday. Yeah. Even on a Sunday, these people still be out here. But, uh, it was a great experience. It was a great party. And then we met a lot of very interesting people. We met that photographer. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we follow on Insta, uh, Sess, I think is her name. Yeah, Sess. Uh, yeah. yeah, we met a lot of interesting people. And uh, Club Space, you wanted me to talk about Club Space. Just real quick. Uh, they got, like, pothos plants hanging from the ceiling. And then when you're dancing, they'd be blowing some, like, air that... I could barely breathe and I had to breathe through my nose like real hard whenever whenever the air was coming out. Uh, and then whenever the, you know, the sun is coming out, they have like some uh, windows on the ceiling. And whenever the sunlight comes in, like hits the dance floor, that, that was pretty live as well. So uh, great experience Miami for sure. I enjoy myself. Yes, yes. Like, bro, like they don't believe in stopping the party, like. I kid you not, we're, we were out, like, I think it was on a Sunday, we're out walking about, and you just hear electronic music just booming on, like, a Sunday afternoon. You're like, what is going on? They just don't stop, they don't stop the party. But I'm going to move on real quick to this, this section. It's time to check the rhyme. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I got I got to the moment. Oh. <laughs> so... Today's topic, like I said earlier, we're talking about the origins of psychedelic rap and hip-hop. But before we start this, I will want to mention I want this to be a two-parter episode. Part one fo- focusing more upon the drug use that incept- that created you know, the idea of psychedelic rap and hip-hop. Because you can't talk about psychedelic rap and hip-hop without the psychedelics, right? So I really wanted to start off with the overall effect of what psychedelics are, because in case people don't know already... You know, they tend to create feelings of euphoria, a sense it uh, changes your sense of time, changes in the sense of your consciousness, mood, thought, perception, which is commonly called a trip, uh, perceptual changes, and visual and auditory hallucinations. So I want to mention some of the most common psychedelics that you've that taken in the United States. The first one, LSD, Lucy in the Sky Diamonds. Everyone, you know, everyone's very familiar with this one. Also, the scientific term, lysergic acid diethylamide. <laughs> so it tends to be made from a substance, an ergot, which is actually a fungi that infects rye, which is a type of grain, which I did not know about, which was really crazy to me. But some of the common names, uh, common names of LSD other than Lucy was tabs and, or acid. Mm, shout out to Chance. It's a good album. But then... I want to move on over to another one, you know, magic shrooms, otherwise known as magic mushrooms or psilocybin. It's a naturally occurring drug, which is the key ingredient, um, you know, known for creating these trips. So psilocybin, when it's taken, it gets actually gets converted in the body to psilocin, which is a chemical which creates psychoactive, which has psychoactive properties. 
And, the, and like I mentioned before, the most common name for this type of drug is shrooms. So this is the one that doesn't get drug tested. <laughs> so 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 no. apparently, no. I've been told that on basic drug drug panels, they, that magic that psilocybin does not get does not get checked unless you do more intense drug panels, which usually are more effect uh, more expensive. You know why? Because the CEOs do it too. The <laughs> CEOs do it too. Now they do coke. Yeah, yeah and that too. They do coke as well. The Hannah Montana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Migo said it first. So moving on to the next, <laughs> moving on to the next drug I want to mention: DMT, dimethyltryptamine. It's a strong psychedelic found in a number of animals, such as a fire sal- salamander and the psychoactive toad and plants. And I did not know these were in animals because. That that makes so much sense. Like in Futurama, when Fry yeah. would, would fry the toad. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this should be trippy as hell, bro. Hey, real quick shout out, like anybody, if you don't know, not all toads do that. So don't lick every toad you see because you might get. <laughs> like I said, we are not promoting drug use on this episode or the or part two of this episode. Yeah, um, please just, be careful. Just to get that clear with everyone, it's, it is structurally similar to shrooms. And some common names which I've never heard of: Dimitri, the Spirit Molecule, Fantasia. Yo, what okay. is Fantasia? Are these Studio Ghibli like titles? Like, what is this? <laughs> Yo. Um, and I would like to say that all this information I found was from the Alcohol and Drug Foundation. So this this stuff might be some outdated, outdated as shit. The next one I want to mention: everyone's very familiar with this, a very spiritual healing, naturistic uh, drug, ayahuasca. It's a That's how you spell that. Ayahuasca, yeah. Wait, yeah, I've never seen it spelled out before. That's crazy. What? <laughs> um, ayahuasca, which is a plant-based psychedelic, it, the most active chemical in ayahuasca is the DMT. It also contains monoamine oxidase inhibitors. Ah, metabolism. There we go. Some metabolism. Now we're talking. Yes, Let's sir. Go. Yes, sir. Now, ayahuasca has been used for centuries by First Nations peoples from from places contemporarily known as Peru, Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador for religious, ritual, and therapeutic purposes, which is really interesting to me. Some of the most common names of ayahuasca include the tea, brew, and huasca. So without the ayo, it's just huasca. All right. I got, I got to put emphasis on the huasca, just to let you know. The whole purpose of that section was just to kind of get everyone understanding of the different types of psychedelics that exist. Now, are those all the types of psychedelics that exist? No. I just want to give people insight to what the, what the most common ones were that are prevalent in the United States. Now, I want to move on to origins of drug use. Why mm. do you think recreational drug use is so fairly common, especially now? Like, I feel like, especially within the last couple of years, especially with COVID and things, I've been hearing more people using this, this, and that. Uh, partaking in different drugs, tr- experimenting, doing new things in terms of drug use. Why do you think recreational drug use has become so such a common thing? Well, you have to think about uh, the times that we live in now where it's like a social media-driven world and uh, people have so much access to uh, learn about and research these types of drugs and what the effects are and uh, if they can ben- if it could benefit them in some way. Some people use it for mental health. Some people use it as escapism from grief or from a traumatic event. And uh, I would also say you can think about TV shows like IE Euphoria that also uh, glam glamorizes. Is, is that the word glamorize 
these uh these uh drug uses as well. So uh there there's so many different factors that go into why uh you know recreational drug use is as common as it is. But back then it was also fairly common too, especially in like the seventies. The seventies it really started ramping mm-hmm. up. But um you know, but I haven't done much research into, you know, how much drug use was used back then compared to now. So in Euphoria is it is it glorified or is it like because uh, it sounds like a very sad show. So is it what's it what is it like? I don't watch that show. So like, is are they showing it in a positive light? Or are they just saying like this is something that these kids are using to cope? Does it ruin their lives? Do they? Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. I'm not saying they're saying it's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying that it's in a show as popular as Euphoria, mm-hmm. where I mean they're they're showing like people in real life and in high schools call like everyone is using this as as fairly common. So I I would I would assume it's just like a how do you say it? A, a dramatization of uh you know the high school uh drug use these days. I'm not saying it's like how do you say like they're glorified. I'm saying glamorized like it's like how do you say it? It's like they're putting it in the spotlight is what I'm trying to say. It's not like yeah, showcasing oh, it. Yeah, it's not right. oh I'm saying this drug use is good. I don't know if it's like I don't because I don't watch the show, so I'm just wondering like is it like are they showing it as a source of their their like woes or drama? Well, That's what I was asking. I I want to add on to what Dylan was saying. So like he was saying, you know, with drug use and euphoria, as as it's mentioned, it's really seen as though like it's 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 a re-emphasis on the high school experiences of using recreational drugs. So for example, one of the characters uses drugs to cope with the, the passing of her father. One of the characters uses drugs to cope with her, her emotions for someone else. It, it, there's so many multitudes of ways they use drugs. Some people even use it just for enjoyment to get through. So it's just really drugs are being used in recreational sense for to deal with positive and negative emotions. Okay, cool. But um, I do want to see some... I, I actually looked into something that was looking into theories as to why... Well, you, thank you, Wikipedia. As to why <laughs> drug use is... Recreational drug use is such a thing. There's different things such as personality type, your genetics your sex, your age, uh, basic human need, curiosity, a sense of belonging to a group, peer pressure, um, historical fact- factors or sociocultural influences. There's so many reasons as to why it's possible as to why people do drugs recreationally. Sorry, it's a tongue twister. You know, as early as people have seen drug use, it can be noted that it's been as early as the conception of our whole country or society that drug use has been just a common thing. Maybe because of social media, now it's been put in more into light, and it's always been like that. I don't know, but that's really what I've been seeing when I was looking into information regarding recreational drug use. Here's the thing that really interests me. like Why did it emerge at such a time? And I'm referring to the times of when it was most prevalent, which is really around the Vietnam War era, which is the 1950s to 1970s. Why do you think that was such a current time? Because boomers are spoiled. Wait, so are you asking us like why? Why was it that time? Yeah, so, so I was asking like why yeah. specifically in that time it was highlighted. Like you know, the, you know, remember how there's different era decades, different era decades have mentioned yeah, yeah, different yeah. things. Like so, it was counterculture for sure, right? Like it's the thing. This is you're railing against your family, your parents or whatever. The, you have the war heroes that come home and talk shit to you, like yo, you got everything handed to you. And I guess it was a, seen as an escapism, uh, and to embrace their music, embrace the free love movements. And this was during the civil rights movement too, right? Between fifty five seventy five. So mm-hmm. a lot was going on, and I think it was a lot. I think the same way how like our generation has had to deal with so much in the past fifteen years, right? From 
not even just the pandemic before that recessions and wars and stuff like that it's a lot for people to handle so i think the drug use in our generation makes a lot of sense compared to previouses for sure but that's what i think it is i don't know what do you think though i don't know i mean you you said it pretty much like that's that's pretty much the same thing i was gonna say the really the biggest thing that i was seeing especially in our generation concurrently is that drug use is recreational drug use is being emphasized because it's a way to kind of deal with mental health and you know you're seeing now a lot more research is being done on the effects of things like shrooms or acid mm-hmm. to treat you know even simple diseases such as uh what's the what's the one with the tremors what's it called like a parkinson's disease oh wow um being used to treat with mental health like depression anxiety like mm-hmm. you heard of the term microdosing for example right yeah um you know being using a small minuscule amount of a drug to help treat you know people who have um depression anxiety and other health mental health issues of even schizophrenia for example are being used and researched now in 10 to 20 years will we see will we see mushrooms being like a common common drug like being treated similar to like advil ibuprofen all these other med- medications like oh go get your you know your shrooms to help deal with your etc no like this is like a real thing that i've yeah. been thinking about for the longest time like because like think about like medicinal marijuana for example not not because not, not psychedelic obviously but 20 years ago you didn't see you haven't seen you didn't see states promote that and now you're seeing it being slowly introduced in society as like it's a it's a common drug to take like similar to like alcohol which has always been people forget alcohol is a drug but is one of the worst definitely yeah definitely yeah. one of the worst yeah what do you call it i mean yeah normalizing it would be interesting uh i think in our group chats we always had like studies of psych studies of people microdosing and seeing different effects on depression and suicidal thoughts and things like that so yeah i'm really excited to see where, where it goes i mean once the drug companies get a handle of it and start patenting shit it's gonna be very interesting to see where it right. goes but you know it'll be abused and stuff like that but yeah i think if if we if people lobby it early enough and if the right congress men and women get involved it could be regulated properly but who knows i mean it sounds it sounds brand new but this research is old right don't it like even yeah yeah it's been going on for like quite a few quite a couple decades but the biggest thing is that i think within especially within the 2010s and 2020s is where it's really boomed like the use of these psychedelics and the effects on what it could do for mental health and how it can be seen as a positive a positive use you know because you think about like your parents and when you talk to them about things like this, like drugs, they're always going to be like, don't do drugs. They're bad for you. But now you're seeing on the flip side, I wonder what our generation will think to our kids. Like, Oh, go, go smoke. Some. Like, no, like I'm not even like, I'm, like, I'm honestly trying to like put this yeah. in the, in the, I'm trying to put this in a very positive stance because it sounds crazy to say that, right? 10 years ago, you would have 10, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever your parents would say to you, don't do this. It's bad for you. Don't do that. It's bad for you. But it'll be interesting to see when we're parents, we have our own sets of children, how we'll view drugs. Yeah, the war on drugs is like really decreased, right? I mean, Dylan, what do you think? Like it's Reagan era is over, been over. Our parents, we were, we were raised in the 90s. So like mm-hmm. everything was literally, you can't touch nothing. But now might be different. Yeah, now, um, I mean, I still would say maybe, uh, I mean, there's definitely like parents are that are our age right now. So they're definitely... Uh, I mean, I I still feel like any parent would say don't do drugs, but I still feel like if they if they did see their kid doing drugs, maybe the lashing out wouldn't be as severe as it was in the past. Mm-hmm. So, I think yeah. that I think that I think that as well. I mean, I think back then, you know, the lashing out from the parents would be not as severe now as it was back then. Mm-hmm. Unless you're an African, 
Oh yeah, okay, that might be yeah. that might be different. Yeah, oh shit, you're right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but I don't do drugs. Yeah. I don't. Do, I don't do drugs, mom. Mm, now you also have to think about uh, how uh, kids' brains develop as well. Uh, you you don't want them uh, taking those drugs because it can affect their development as well. So maybe maybe education is important on that front as well. Does weed have an effect on brain development? I believe I so. I, I believe so. Yeah, okay. I believe so. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. kids start pretty early. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. As early as middle school or high school, doing that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I want to gloss away from the Vietnam War and move over to the major music era, Woodstock. You know, the, in around the sixties, and so in the sixties, you know, this this was a very big change uh, socially in regards to drugs and the fact that you know it was, it was playing an increasingly part an increasingly larger part in the music in the music scene um you saw like that in music in the period was heavily influenced by the events in the vietnam war both directly and indirectly um what's crazy is 1969 the year that woodstock actually was concepted and it happened that was the same year that approximately 11,000 soldiers were killed in the vietnam war and so those two events you know how as coincidental as they may seem have created a really big energy, a, re- a really big, you know, um, period of revolts. Similar to what you were mentioning, you know, people that counterculture against the the war, the war on drugs, against you know, the, sending people, sending people with against their will, being drafted to go to help their country, quote unquote. And you know, with Woodstock, it was everything that it was against. You know, expression of freedom, the mind, body, spirit, expression of love, sex, peace. All of these were things were things that were being emphasized and being backed by psychedelic drugs, and because of that, you created this new genre which is known as psychedelic rock. And, you know, and psychedelic rock was a style of rock which was really popular in the late '60s that was largely inspired by hallucinogens, as I mentioned, mind-expanding drugs such as marijuana, LSD, um, DMT, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it was crazy because it led to the use of feedback, electronics, extense volume, screams, just. Very intense, like very intense pounding, just compounding music that was always in your face. And so, I wanted to mention a few bands that really encompassed psychedelic rock, which are things such as uh, Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, The Doors, The Who, The Beatles, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Mm. Um, and these were in the past, and you know, in the present day, we're seeing a lot more bands such as like Tame Impala, which is a notable one. Everyone knows who Tame Impala. You better, you better know who Tame and Paula are, you know. Merlin, of course, Merlin, no. Um, and then, <laughs> hey, you're something. Um, then we got King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I've listened to, no, 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 no. This, I know that title, that name sounds weird. But I listened to like a song yesterday and it, it's actually pretty, it hit pretty hard. I was like, okay, this cool. is fire. Cool, cool. Um, maybe, I'll do, maybe I'll do a review. Um, then we got the VOCs. Um, th- is there any other bands that you guys want to mention that kind of, this narrative, this description were similar to psychedelic rock. Anything uh, that came to your head? Yeah, I put MGMT because they collabed with uh, Cuddy a few times as well. Nice. So uh, in the present day, MGMT for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say um, the earlier stuff. I was gonna go with in the past. Um, his name Todd. I never said his name out loud. Todd Rundgren. He's, oh. a, he's a guitarist. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I know you're talking about. Yeah, so I used to watch Super. I, I used to watch Supernatural a lot, and they would always have like that era of music playing, like in the background. It's like one of the best soundtracks ever, like Guardians of the Galaxy level type, beautiful soundtrack, like dad rock shit. 
And when there was one episode where a guy has a vinyl and he plays one of his songs, it's called I Saw the Light. And it it's so beautiful, man. Like the guitar is playing and then like, uh, what do you call it? The, just like a small uh, percussion in the background doing its thing. It's very, very like wavy, very trippy. And it's like, this is some cool shit. So yeah, he's he's probably one of my favorite artists in that genre of like psychedelic cool shit. But yeah, and then present, we'll talk about the the lo fi the what do you call it, the psychedelic rap stuff. But yeah, I don't really know any bands that do that. I think whatever y'all talk about I usually hear from, but I can't think off the top of my head anybody like present that does what they did back then like that. That isn't like a fusion of another genre. Like that's just rock. Do you feel like rock wasn't the only genre that kinda emphasized the psychedelic scene at that time during the sixties? Or do you feel like rock was the one that, that represented the most? I mean, the best. Maybe house music back then, but other than that, I can't really think of any other genre. When does house start? 70s? No, even I think even before that. You think around the 70s? I think maybe maybe late 50s, maybe. Late 50s but it wasn't very... I, I think so. Maybe late 50s. I might be incorrect on that. Oh, no, for sure. sure. Because you're saying it's electronics? Use a feedback. Mm. Yeah, I can only think of rock at the time, man, because that was the biggest genre at the point, right? What hip hop is now is what rock was back then. So I would mm-hmm. assume rock was always carrying that uh, that flag forward for sure. Definitely not country, I'll tell you that. Oh, you don't like psychedelic country? Okay. Y'all show me a psychedelic <laughs> country song. That's what? like an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> the hell? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm kidding about that. But. I really, I really wanted to talk about psychedelic rock because, as much as you know, it's not being as, as much as it's not represented as it used to be. It really was a big proponent into a lot of today's music, you know. And I did want to mention the artist that was a big player in the psychedelic rap scene. You know, um, he's known by another uh, number of aliases. You know, he's a he's a very interesting player. Uh, Man on the Moon, Mr. Solo Dolo, Cut, Mr. Rager. Um. You know, a, a guy who helps create create the famous 808s and Heartbreak album for mm. Mr. Mr. Ye or mm-hmm. Kanye West. Genius. I would, like to know, <laughs> I would like to introduce Mr. Kid Cudi, the man who really sparked this whole, not the not the person who probably started Psychedelic Rap, but the, one of the first people who recognized for the origins of Psychedelic Rap and Hip Hop. If you had to define what Psychedelic Rap and Hip Hop is, how would you define it in your own words? Mm, Man, I would probably say mm-hmm. a lot of pain. <laughs> a lot of pain. <laughs> no, but for real, like you think of like juice, <laughs> you think of like Juice World, you think of like X X X Tentacion, like you think about yeah, all these like you think about all the psychedelic rap like presently, especially mm-hmm. like back then when Cudi started the wave. There's a lot of emotion in uh, their songs, a lot of pain. Um, expressing those songs so that that's that's the first thing that comes to mind for me man like ghetto boys mind playing tricks on me mm, like that's yeah that's that's pretty trippy in my opinion mm-hmm. um you can go back you can see you can find some midwest dudes maybe some bone thugs if i looked at it um devin the dude for sure. bone thugs? sorry maybe. sorry no no you're good i'm trying because i'm trying to think of a song of theirs where it's like maybe it's a little more wavy than i can remember i would have to i'd have to listen to the song itself but that's a tough one. I'm trying to reach back before I go forward because in looking at this, I, it's hard. It's a weird subgenre that I don't really think about. But uh, what do you call it? Before Rodeo, Travis Scott, which is, of course, after Kid Cudi, but in, probably influenced by him. I never listened to that before. I listened to it last night. Bro, that's a trip. I was doing some research. I was listening to that, the whole mixtape. 
I just went back and rewound. I was supposed to do some other stuff. I went back. I just rewound it. Like it's such. It takes you like on a weird trippy journey, like with the voice distortion and stuff like that. And I feel like Kid Cudi also does that. Obviously, probably the progeny of just like the humming and stuff like that, getting you like bring you into a new world and like being trippy with him and like following along his emotions. I think that's that type of psychedelic rap is very. It's very important that they grab your attention and bring you into their narrative. So, yeah, for sure, he gets the most credit, Cudi. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Travis Scott is because Travis Scott has mentioned in many interviews that his biggest inspiration is Kid Cudi. I mean, his, his name is based off of Kid Cudi because his name, Kid Cudi's real name is Scott Muscutty. And so oh. that's why it's Travis Scott. Yeah. Wait, Travis Scott's not really not Travis Scott? Like, what's his last name? Uh, his name, his real name is Jacquees Webster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're lying. No. No, you, no bro. <laughs> you know, it was Travis Scott this whole time. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's Mr. Scott. Yeah, like, no, oh, no. no. What? Nah, His name man. is Marquise. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it Jocks? I thought it was Jack. I, I think it's Jocks Webster. Jock, oh, sorry, Jock, Jocks, sorry, Jocks Webster. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to post that Jack Lee's picture when I do when you see it. Yeah, that's amazing. No, you got to do the poet when he's dancing. That's what you got to do. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, bro. That's what I was trying. No. Okay, okay. Sorry, go on, please. Um, so I, I really wanted to mention, like, with Kid Cudi, for example, how big of his influence was because he had like famous songs such as "Pursuit of Happiness," "Mr. Rager," "Day and Night," "Memories." The list goes on and on. You're seeing his popularity like re- rebound, and it's kind of weird. Is it because of the the time that we're in? Is it because of just the new generations just like digging that psychedelic vibe? I, I don't know, man. Do you think psychedelics kind of touching upon like house music, for example? Because think great, and the reason why I kind of make that comparison is because house music actually has been become more popular these mm. days than I, than I remember. Like about ten years ago, I don't think I've heard people listen to house music as much as or electronic dance music as much as I've heard it now. And so I'm trying to think maybe it's because it's, that has that similarity to psychedelic rap and hip hop of just like distorted beats, um, different different sounds, just a different way to kind of take you away from the present state of mind that you're in so i don't know what y'all think about that i'm right you can go first they blend i think there's just a blend you're asking like why is it more prevalent now is that what you're asking yeah yeah i'm saying well not house music but i was saying more of like why do you think for example kick Cudi's influence has kind of rebounded you know like you're seeing that like in general like for example with tiktok you're seeing that 20 10 20 years ago you're seeing that within the last few years you're seeing a lot of people listen to old music and they're treating mm-hmm. it as if it's a it's a hit again. So funny. If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Kid Cudi, man, because like what you guys described earlier, this generation is so much more comfortable talking about mental illness and like insecurities and anxiety out loud. And Kid Cudi was like that weirdo who did it first, at least the loudest in a genre where you weren't supposed to do that. If you don't count like the really emotional rappers of like Scarface and something like that, even though they were still tough. So I think just going back to Kid Cudi, like it's, it's retro at this point, right? It's almost 15 years old. So it's it's what's old is new. And yeah, he's very, he's very, uh, what do you call it? Accessible. Kid Cudi is very accessible. And he's been like his, his movies, like movie ha- movies have soundtracks with him on it. Like he's, he's very mainstream in that sense. So for sure. And then his other, he has so much, he has such a big discography that like, he can come in on the surface level shit and then you really dive deep and find what you like. Like I remember, I never, I never listened to Kid Cudi like that, but listening to Hire, whenever dealing with what getting to the whip, whenever uh, he was back in Waco and like that was, that's, that's a transformation <laughs> right there. This man might be sad all day. Gets in the car, puts that shit, put the ox in. It's over. I'm dead. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's yeah, a rediscovery. Maybe uh, 
artists, new psychedelic artists out now, maybe uh, are influenced by Cuddy and Cuddy's sounds back then were similar to a lot of the music, psychedelic music, rap, hip hop that's out right now. So maybe it's just like a rediscovery, I feel like. John yeah, is amusing yeah. too, man. Like people are comfortable mixing and matching. Like no, nobody's like just a rapper, right? Like no one's really, <laughs> everyone's just mixing they, and matching. They, they can rap, they can sing, they can do everything now. Mm-hmm. But moving on, I just wanted to see, was there any other artists that you feel like had, do you feel like there were any other artists that had like a similar influence such as Kid Cudi in terms of psychedelic rap and hip hop? Because the only other person who I could see who may have had it for a brief moment was, oddly enough, Kanye West. You hear me just question my voice when I said that. Because there are some songs here and there where he does kind of have that psychedelic, you know, psychedelic, like he's kind of going into it, but he isn't. So whatever he copied from Cudi, right? I'm dead. Maybe maybe the production had influenced uh, the psychedelic rap. I don't want to say the lyrics though, because like maybe his right. production, especially like with graduation, it was different compared to uh, most rap uh, albums, music that was out at that time. So maybe the production influenced. I don't want to say the lyrics did though. We're not going to finish this without talking about ASAP, right? No, yeah, we're not going to finish without talking about ASAP. Okay, but, I was going to say, if anyone. Yeah, I mean, you can also talk about ASAP Rocky, Mr. Uh, Flacco Jody, you yeah. know, the man, the man of the hour. So about him, when it comes down to ASAP Rocky, what was the first song you heard that, I mean, everyone, you, and I'm about to know the answer to this. What's the first song you heard that was like, oh, this is, this is it. This is, this, this defines him as a psychedelic rap slash hip hop artist. All right. Three, two, one, <laughs> LSD. LSD. <laughs> come on y'all come on y'all y'all didn't listen to live love asap i did mixtape? i did i did there was uh what's what's that song everything is purple everything is purple <laughs> what's purple swag there it is purple swag oh That's yeah <laughs> purple Man, i was swag. in college at the time i don't remember that. Dude, what? uh get what was it get lit mm, that is a good one some other ones but yeah they're, they're, yeah he, he had some in the vault he has some in the vault in his mixtape days. Uh, mixtape, he took it back. That's crazy. Try yeah, to another I, one. Yeah, I just, I just remember that long last ASAP. Mm-hmm. That long last ASAP. No, there's a track with Schoolboy Q, Electric Field. Electric Fuel? Body. Electric Body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it right. Here. That was also a hype one. Yeah, man, he so, he definitely like goes all in on that. Like that's his thing, right? Like he hasn't really changed his flow, and that's it. Like when it comes to his own projects, or is all of his projects different? He's, he's still. I feel like personally, he still stays on that overlying tone of his, like his terms of his uh, lyricism and his the way he delivers. It's always never been. It, I don't think it really changes. But the beats, yeah, they've definitely got a lot more, a lot more uh, unique in terms of what he's been doing. But I don't know, man. I feel like his latest work has been. It doesn't hit as much as it used to. You know what I'm saying? Mid. And maybe, and maybe it's just the way. It, it, maybe it's a bit too early for the times. Honestly, it could be a whole Kanye West situation. I really could be. Like, in five years, it could be fire as hell, and we were just too blind to see it. To Ooh, hear, Q? Too, too deaf to hear it. ASAP, oh, I think. Q, ASAP, ASAP. ASAP. ASAP Rocky. Eh. Damn. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, man. I don't know. I mean, Rihanna helping him with his new album, so hopefully he bounces back. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, then that means he's never coming out, bro. That's what that means. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Hey, hey, man. Like, more work for me? Jesus. Yeah. You're probably right. Mm. Damn. You just got to be patient with the times, y'all. We just got to be patient with the times. 
impatient, bro. Look, the thing about here's the thing about psychedelic rap and hip hop in general is that it's it's everlasting. It's something that's not going to go away, as with any other genre. But I think it's it only has a chance to improve. I really think that's what I'm seeing with this because I feel as though psychedelic rap and hip hop is a fairly new genre. I mean, what Kid Cudi dropped started in 2009. That's barely it's barely been 15 years since he's since his inception. So there's so much room. Isn't that crazy? We we existed for 15 years. Boom. Um, no, but, I graduated high school in 2009. <laughs> and now everyone knows how old you are. Yep. Damn. So I'll let them know. <laughs> in terms of drug use that's related to psychedelic rap and hip hop, maybe people will stop just doing drugs and, just listen and get their drugs off of rap and hip hop. Who knows? So is it, knows? does this music sound better when you're when you tripping? I've never tripped in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Dylan, did, in Miami, does this music sound better? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know if I did that in Miami, bro. Um, okay, so, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, I would say there's, you feel the sensation a bit more, but um, well, may, maybe you're into it more. You're into the music more. Uh, you feel the music more. Uh, you want to move to it more compared to, like, if you were sober. But, like, I, I mean, even, even if you're still sober, it's just, like, it's still... Um, still a good experience. I feel like so. Maybe, maybe it's just. I would say it's a different experience. I don't want to call it better or worse. I'll I'll just say it's a different experience. Interesting. Well, I can't speak on psychedelics themselves, but allegedly I can speak on the legal <laughs> gummies that I obtained or didn't obtain legally <laughs> in a state where it was legal, and I was suggested to watch Travis Scott and Chris Brown videos under that influence. <laughs> And those oh, videos, like the music videos, like Butterfly Effect, where reality is just completely distorted. It looks like you're in persona. It's crazy. And I thought I thought that made the music way better. It's like that, along with the sensations. Like literally, you just have you you just like, you're following along with the beat. Like your body just like swaying. That's pretty cool. Really fun. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So personally, for me, as someone who's never trips in their life, I will say that when you are on the influence of such a cap. Cap, stop the cap, please, please. Get off there. Hmm. Um, but I'm saying okay, so. Essentially, I agree with you with Marone saying on that sentiment is that when you do, um, I will recommend obviously be in a safe space, be around people that you really trust. Um, make sure that if you're not comfortable in crowds, definitely do not do it when you're in crowds. It's probably going to be the best, worst idea because you're going to get a bad trip. Make sure you're also drinking plenty of water because hydration is key. You should be drinking plenty of water regardless. I don't know why you don't be drinking plenty of water, but good for your skin. No, it's good, good for your skin for sure, man. Got to get a little bit there. But, but basically, what I'm trying to say is, you know, with psychedelic rap and hip hop, mental health has really become a prevalent a, pre, a, pre, a prevalent ideology that surrounds psychedelic rap and hip hop. People do these substances to help with their mental health, to experience something that's different from their everyday lives and get everyday lives and to also get insights outside of, you know, their everyday lives. Because it's like you're looking, instead of looking inside out, you're looking like outside in when you do something. That's why, that's how I the best describe it. And also it really just pulls you back into a time when you were carefree and you didn't really have worries in your life. Like anything that's going on, like, you know, with everything going on and with the pandemic and, with Russia and Ukraine and all these other things that are going on. People do these for these uh, recreational drugs for a reason. 
what I wanted part two to focus upon is part two, I'll give everyone a little sneak peek. It will be focusing more upon the music videos that accepted because of psychedelic rap and hip hop. So I really want to talk about, and maybe we can do this really interesting thing. I'll, I'll keep that for everyone. I'll keep that for the audience to figure out for themselves what's going to happen. My name is Denzel, and I'm here with my co-host. Dylan? This is wrong. Appreciate y'all. And I just want everyone to know to be safe. Please be careful out there. Life is short. Do what you got to do, but also be safe. And always do what makes you happy. We trippy man. That's Juicy J. All right. Tempo Tribe signing off. Deuces.